This episode is supported by Bon Bon, a charming neighborhood bistro in Lawrence, Kansas, serving eclectic cuisine with Midwest roots. This week on Meet and Three, we're telling the stories behind iconic dishes. We learn what it will take to save New York's most famous egg cream, discover the importance of the goat neck in the East Village, and take a trip to India for delicious flatbreads. Our customers who come in to get egg creams and t-shirts, they love to talk about their childhood or their teenage years or their college years. I was living in uh, Nepal in northern India. And out there, there's a real famous dish, a classic dish, I should say, is called paya. Parathe Wali Gali, or as it awkwardly translates in English, the lane of the stuffed flatbread makers, is probably one of the most popular food streets in Old Delhi. Tune in to Meet and 3, HRN's weekly food news roundup, wherever you listen to podcasts. You're listening to Feast Meets West, the show tracing the stories behind your favorite Asian foods. I'm your host, Linda Liu. We are broadcasting live from Heritage Radio Network, our Brita's Pizza in Bushwick, Brooklyn. Every episode, we dig deep on an aspect of Asian cuisine or culture by having a conversation with the passionate people from the world of Asian food. Today, we are talking about the Asian snack aisle. It's especially the one at Pearl River Mart. Um, and here in the studio with us is Joanne Kwong. Joanne is the president of Pearl River Mart, the iconic NYC friendship store specializing in Asian goods since 1971. She's also the daughter-in-law of Pearl River's founders, Ye Chen and Mingyi Chen. After witnessing the public lament that followed the 2015 announcement of the store's closing due to an insane rent hike, she joined her in-laws in reinventing the brand and reopening the store in a new location. And they actually now have three downtown Manhattan locations and a fourth store focused on Asian foods, which is set to open at Chelsea Market early next year. Uh, Prior to her current role, at Pearl River, Joanne was a civil litigator, a federal judicial clerk, and adjunct associate professor at Fordham Law School. And for 10 years, she served as counsel to the president and vice president for communications at Barnard College. Welcome, Joanne. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, so we're going to do something unique today, and because it's Halloween Eve or something like that, also (laughs) because we're talking about snacks, we are doing a snack tasting. And it's always a joy to try Asian snacks personally for me because I don't know of the delightful packaging and the innovative flavors. Um, So Joanne, what did you bring to the studio for our tasting? Um, As you know, I brought a lot. (laughs) (laughs) We actually had to really curate 
<laughs> and um, there's just so much because I think when um, you're in any type of Asian store, um, whether it's specific to a country or Pan-Asian, um, you're usually there for discovery. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think there are a lot of adventurous flavors. And sometimes um, you don't exactly understand what's um, in each of the packages. So um, it has to be attractive. And there's like the picture of the food there. And it's very colorful. Um, and um, you just want to try it. Um, and uh, we brought a couple of things that um, I thought were kind of interesting um, and kind of reflect some of the, the global trends um, that yeah, are happening in cool. snacks right now. Yeah. yeah, some of the newer stuff that I've never seen yes. or updated versions of um, older familiar classics. Yeah. Um, so let's pick one and um, describe it and let's open it up and okay. try it out. Uh, well, so because it's all... <laughs> It's Halloween. Um, Kalbi, which uh, makes the very classic shrimp chips. This is like very mukbang. Like I know. All the sounds. <laughs> so I'm, I'm opening it up right now. Um, but they have a shrimp chip just for Halloween, um, which turns out that it's, um, they equate uh, Halloween with, with caramel. Yeah. So it's a caramel shrimp chip. Okay. So dig in there. So um, it still looks just like the traditional shrimp chip. Yes. You know, with the ridges. Mine is super long. <laughs> it is. <laughs> uh, okay. Mmm. Mmm. Okay. The sweet and the caramel really comes through. Yeah. I think the aftertaste is just like a shrimp chip. It is. But like the front taste is the caramel. Like Halloween. Oh, it's boo. pleasant. Yeah. It's like, yeah, sweet Sweet shrimp. No, go ahead. I can't stop. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And we know it's um, Halloween themed also because there's a little witch hat um, on the packaging to make that very clear for us. There's a ghost that says boo. Okay, Okay. cool. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, should we continue savory? Yeah, let's let's switch it up. One sweet, one savory. So a lot of Korean snacks, which I love, I I just cannot resist um, these whenever I see them um, in the aisle in whatever shape or form, is um, butter soy sauce. Mm. Delicious. Um, so this is... What is butter soy sauce? That's not like a regular condiment. Is it just like a mixture of butter and soy sauce? Yeah. Or, or um, just a trend in snack? I don't think I've necessarily seen that in Yeah. Uh, I think food. the thing that I love, um, as I mentioned about Asian packaging, is that there's a picture of a Kikoman soy sauce here. Yes. There clarity. is a um, potato smiling yeah. and looking like he's taking a nap, which is the potato. Uh, <laughs> and then... <laughs> Very happily taking a nap. Yes, yeah. and then there's like a pat of butter. So okay, I, that yeah, cool. if you didn't know what it was, now you know. So yeah, yeah here you go. Try one. All right. And these are the jagged okay. bees. So they look like um, actual French fries. Yeah. Cheers. Mmm. Ooh, yeah. Very umami. Mmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, definitely running on the savory side with the taste yes and i love how the shape is like a mcdonald's french fry (laughs) yeah that's just hard yeah um as if um mcdonald's kind of like over fried the fries or like you're um cooking them up the next day oh the crunchy (laughs) in the oven the crunchy ones i like the soggy ones it's really weird yeah Uh, that's excellent i would i could eat that all day this one just came through um it's a corn snack and um a lot of Asian snacks are corn snacks. Um, you see a lot of spicy. Um, so this one, um, I love soup. Um, and this is a corn soup with pepper. Corn <laughs> snack. So. It's very specific. It's corn on corn. Yeah. With pepper. Okay. All right. Try this one. Ooh, it's like a long, um, squiggly 
uh, shape, kind of like a Cheeto. Yeah. But skinnier. Yes. Ooh, that's excellent. Mm, Very strong I like corn that one. flavor. That one is good. I could eat that one all day. And again, there's um, a very funny character. It looks like maybe a grandma mm -hmm. who is encouraging you maybe to drink your soup. I see. Yeah, but wearing, wearing a Hawaiian <laughs> shirt. I think I just got that all wrong. It's a Hawaiian shirted grandparent. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, because that makes sense. <laughs> okay. Um, we've noticed that um, salted egg snacks are just all the rage in Asia and they have made their way here too. So um, I first discovered it, you know, we try to go back to Asia for sourcing. Uh -huh. And when we were in Hong Kong, um, there was a Singaporean brand of um, salted duck egg uh, fish skins, which was like- So this is a snack? Yes, oh, yeah, wow. okay. and it was it was super rich. Um, so this one is a little bit lighter and um, created by um, Asian Americans. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's a salted egg potato chip. So um, they're also very artisanal. They're trying to make it less, a little less heavy. Yeah. Um, but it still the, the has... packaging almost looks like a face mask, like a <laughs> Korean face mask. It's very kawaii. Yeah. Kawaii. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but give very it a try. Mm. And these are by Tochi. Oh, that's excellent. Mm, spicy. Yum. Did you grow up eating salted egg? I did. Yum. Yeah. With Especially, rice, right? Yeah, with rice or with congee mm. as well. Mm -hmm. um, and we were uh, talking earlier, Joanne, also about this, how I'm seeing salted egg um, come up in unexpected places and in, in different dishes, like yeah. even on like a creme brulee. Oh, um, I would get that. Yeah, as like a, a kind of salt uh, taste to like the sweet to cut that. Um, so really cool to see yeah. salted egg. And I love that they have um, salt, a spicy and original, and then they also have like um, kettle cut. So mm. like if you want a thicker cut. So some mm -hmm. people have preferences, whether they like the, the flaky potato chip or thick. Yeah, great way to, different way to eat yeah. potato chips. Okay. I think we're moving into the sweets mm -hmm. and candy. Um, have a couple candy options. Yeah, and it's kind of crazy because I had read somewhere that um, the... Like the snack and confectionery business globally is like one trillion dollars, wow. one point two trillion. Okay, um, and it's um, it's actually even and that's with um, the Western brands. Yes, global. Mm -hmm. um, and, but like even uh, with kind of um, a move towards more healthy eating, like snacks have still continued to go up and up. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just because of uh, you know how busy we are now and yeah. how people are on the on the run. Um, there are more healthful snacks, yeah. but the snack industry is growing, like not contracting at all. Um, so, okay. These are like Yakult yeah, gummies. Yeah, Yakult. <laughs> Our favorite uh, probiotic drink. Yeah, good for right? you. Mm -hmm. are, are they good? Yeah, they are good. Yeah, for yeah, okay. with the probiotic part. Maybe yeah. not the sweetness of the, the drink necessarily. And but they're in the shape of a yeah, Yakult bottle. Oh my gosh. I can even smell the Yakult flavor before um, Sorry, eating the gummy. I ate mine. Mmm, mm, <laughs> yeah. this is great. Mmm. So if you um, like the QQ yeah. chew of the gummy. Very QQ. Yeah, this is it. Yeah, more subtle flavor than I thought. I mm -hmm. thought it was gonna be a little bit more like in your face. Yeah. So um, 
also cute packaging. Is that supposed to be a cow? I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> or, or eyes of the yak cult. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then this I thought was really interesting. Last year, um, Morinaga, who creates Haichus, mm -hmm. which is uh, one of probably our top four, maybe top two, um, snacks in Yeah, in I the see store. it in um, Western stores sometimes, yes, too. Yeah, yeah it's, just, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, so they celebrated 10 years in um, the U.S., and they had a contest. So um, to introduce a new flavor, they offered contestants to vote on 20 flavors. And I think they had, like, more typical Western. It was, it was called East Meets West, so I think it was a mix of, like, um, Eastern flavors, you know, which one should come to the U.S. So uh, they had, like, banana fizz or strawberry cheesecake, and the ultimate winner ended up being dragon fruit, which, of course, is delicious. Yeah, what a striking color, and um, I wonder how they're... Ooh, it looks like they're going to present it. It looks like the dragon fruit with like the... The um, outside skin being yes. the hot pink color and little specks of black with the um, to signify the seeds on the inside. That's so beautiful. Yeah, I love that. Mmm, that's not chewy. Mmm, that tastes just like a dragon fruit. It does. It takes a couple chews. Yeah, I will say. Yeah, you get the flavor to like really come out. Fun fact, we love fun facts, um, which is uh, we have a, a very active blog um, at Pearl River. And one of the things is that we just kind of want to um, kind of keep traditions and holidays and facts alive. So a fun fact about Haichus is um, they were meant to be an edible gum. And I think because mm -hmm. uh, because there is kind of an emphasis on um, not littering mm -hmm. um, in Japan mm -hmm. and kind of being very clean and hygienic. Um, so that's how kind of how haichus came about. Um, and also pokey, you know, originally it started with, as we know, it's like the, the snack with the chocolate dip. Um, it, when it was first made, it was dipped all the way. Mm -hmm. But it was um, messy. And, right. and customers didn't like that. So um, so that's why only like, you know, five-sixths of it is um, dipped in a chocolate. Yeah, it's so smart. It doesn't um, melt on your fingers yeah. and you can slowly enjoy this chocolate dip biscuit. Yeah. Yes, I love at it. Your own it's pace. so clean. Yeah. Okay. So Japanese, so thoughtful <laughs> of that design. All right, we're moving to the drink category. Mm -hmm. All right, where okay. should we go first? Um, yeah, let's try this... Uh, Calpico, um, we we know Calpico. It's kind of a familiar, like milky yes. drink, except for this version is with fruits and veggies. Yeah, and yeah. you just want to get your fruits and veggies right. while drinking Calpico. Oh. So as I'm opening this, do you want to maybe describe the? Oh, the other one. Hawthorne. Okay. All right. So. Um, uh, Brooklyn Crafted um, is a wonderful company that um, is local here in Brooklyn, um, and they've created a line of herbal teas that do really well um, at the store. And this one I love because it's um, hawthorn berry, um, and hawthorn is, um, you know, the source of um, haw flakes, which a lot of us... Um, uh, when we were kids, we're given hot flakes because they actually help with digestion. Mm -hmm. um, I actually, you know, when I was little, I liked them. I just thought they were a treat. But um, yeah, I love how they were stacked. 
Yes. In their little, um, almost like, like, yeah, packaging. like, um, like a, a stack of quarters or yes. something, but yeah. red and mm-hmm. you can eat them. Yeah. Yeah. And they help with constipation. So that's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like how the Asian snacks are, or the candies even are like doing like double duty. Yes. Yeah. yeah it's very, uh, okay. Here we have the Hawthorne. Yeah. Okay. We'll pour a little bit of that oh, good. And, and try it. All right. We'll do this first. So it's got the um, hawthorne color, but like looks really natural. Yes. Mm, it smells good. Mmm. It's much lighter than I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Does it bring you back? Mm-hmm. It right. does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like the aftertaste is. Yeah, like, and it's it's not that? too sweet because I always thought like the candy sometimes was too sweet. Right. Yeah, because um, it's like super concentrated. Yeah. But I could definitely drink an entire can of this yeah. one. Yeah, and this feels, it feels very healthful, too. Um, like you're doing a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Just like with her Calpico. Yeah, veggies. so I have the Calpico open now. And poured a little um, Thank you. glug here. And it is the traditional Calpico creamy white color. Yes. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> I'm going to get my, a serving of fruits and veggies (laughs) by drinking this, right? Mm. That's good. Yeah. I'm not really getting fruits and veggies from this. Yeah. Maybe that's the point. Yeah. The same great Calpico taste, (laughs) but with the benefit of the nutritional value now. I would drink that every day. That's really good. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. And then the the last (laughs) item we have here. Yes. What do we call this? These are um, like pop sodas, so um, they're really fun, Ramune sodas. Um, They come in different flavors, and um, a lot of people know them because there's a marble in Mm -hmm. them. And, Which um, you think it would be a choking hazard, but (laughs) somehow it's made its way into a drink for, you know, kids. (laughs) Yes, yeah, so you're um, supposed to slam it (laughs) with your hands on a table, and then the marble falls down, so. Let's try that. Right. <laughs> Are there instructions? <laughs> okay, it says how to open. <laughs> um, keep pressing. All right, we'll keep trying <laughs> to open this. I think it's like um, protected oh from adults. Yeah. Only kids can do this. This is so bad. We sell so many of these, but I try to stay away from carbonated soda, so I don't. <laughs> so I haven't actually like drinking myself um and i usually make somebody do it for me but oh my all God. right we will revisit yeah that. we'll revisit <laughs> that so out of um all the snacks that we just tried and the drinks joanne did you like everything here would you have it all again were their favorites for sure um I love the salted egg. Yeah, I think that was chips. a standout for yeah. me too. Just the familiar taste of the salted egg. I really didn't expect that could be on a chip. Yes, yeah. Um, and I kind of like the corn soup <laughs> with pepper. Yeah, yeah, that's just like a general like favorite food of mine too, corn. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that flavor really stands out. Yeah, what about for you? Yeah, and then um, I think I like the umami aspect of the... Um, the butter um, soy sauce chips and yeah. also the fun um, shape that they're in. Yes. Yes. 
So these are all great. I would revisit this entire party right oh, here. Good, good. We should do another one of snacks that don't taste good. Oh my god, yeah. Um, but they wouldn't be at uh, Pearl River Mart. No, right? of course so, not. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So this selection you can find at your stores, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, how do you make that decision? I mean. Um, you know, there's the snack aisle, there's limited space and you have your, um, favorite classics. Um, so, so let's talk about that. Like, what are those classics that like always have a permanent spot and then how do you pick these new ones? Yeah, I think the, um, the, we have three different stores, as you mentioned. So there are different demographics that shop at each. Um, but I would say um, our highest volume is our store at Chelsea Market. Um, and it's because there are so many people who are foodies or in the mood to enjoy food. Um, so uh, we have a lot of folks who um, pretty much like make a beeline for the snack aisle. Um, they get so excited by it. Um, so we always have uh, pokey. We always have high chews. Um, we always have flavored Kit Kats, uh, interesting flavored Kit Kats. Um, and nothing we, basic about yeah. this snack aisle. <laughs> and um, gummies. So um, those are kind of like the big four. And um, you're and getting then, all the texture too across the board. Like yeah, with the, the soft, soft, the crunch, the, QQ, the crunch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> okay, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then we would we'll round it out with just things that are new. So a lot of our vendors will say like, "Oh, try this." And um, and I think because our staff, uh, a lot of us are foodies. So whenever something new comes in, we'll just all get together and try it. And there are some things that we're like, mm, "No, not good enough. Doesn't make it." You know, and um, and immediately like we'll know um if just based on your reactions it's just like an organic decision that you guys make as a team yeah and i think if it's on the fence we'll try it because who knows right um so we always kind of let um the feet do the 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 picking um so if uh and i think that's also where packaging is super important um because when um we pick products if it, you know, we, we always try to explain our products too, um, but if it doesn't look attractive on the shelf, um, it's, it's sometimes we'll actually go back to the vendor and say like, you know, this could use um, a little bit more color or um, just a more interesting graphic um, because we do have a lot of food entrepreneurs who are emerging um, and That's who cool. we kind of work, work with them to, to give them the benefit of our expertise because we see you know, um, in Chelsea Market on a typical Saturday, there might be like 30,000 people who come in. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, that's that's a lot of people looking for snacks. And just by watching their behaviors um, and looking at our data, uh, we could uh, learn a lot and we can share with our partners a lot. That's awesome. So what kind of um, trends on like packaging or flavor or type of snack do you notice from your data? Yeah, I think there's something fun about Asian snacks because a lot of them do come in smaller packages. So you okay. feel like you can try. Um, ah. So it's, you know... It's not intimidating. It's you not can, intimidating. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think typically when you think of like a Western grocery supermarket store, um, you go to the snack aisle, they're like the very large bags that you <laughs> right. buy for families. Right. Um, or if you go to Costco, like I do, like a, like a humongous bag. And, uh, and I think mostly in Asian stores, um, there's just so much and you're there to explore. And, you know, it, like a small bag of um, butter soy sauce um, is, is uh, joyful enough to kind of explore um, and um, not a huge commitment. So, um, so I think packaging is really important. Taste, of course, is important. And, um, and also just how you present your story. 
um, mm-hmm. because uh, it has to be interesting. So um, it also depends, like, does it cut across kind of different um, countries? Um, are there um, interesting flavor profiles? Have we seen it before? Um, there's, there's a lot of spicy uh, stuff, but like, what does that mean? So um, can you explain that? And how does it make it different from every other snack that, that comes across um, our way? Yeah. And are you noticing if there's um, a specific Asian country or even an Asian snack brand that's producing the hottest snacks right now? Yeah, um, I think at least of our population here, um, you know, Southeast Asian countries, um, you know, the, the foods are so exciting mm-hmm. uh, and uh, not that the other countries aren't, but um, there are flavors that we're not seeing. Yeah, I completely agree. I think also growing up, going to, um, you know, the Chinese American grocery stores, I saw a lot more. It makes sense, you know, like the Chinese and um, Eastern Asian uh, imported goods. Yeah. And so now to see also the new and exciting flavors from other countries. Yeah, exactly. So I've never met um, a curry snack I haven't liked. So I, also, <laughs> I always get a curry yeah, snack. You're like, dare me. Yeah. <laughs> and I think a lot of Korean flavors too, because, okay. um, you know, it's interesting because now. What's like a Korean flavor? Like the. the um, gochichang? Yeah, gochichang. Okay. And, um, you know, they'll, they'll have kind of like. Uh, you know, instead of like a bar, like a typical American barbecue chip, um, now that there are like Korean barbecue chips mm-hmm. or like sweet barbecue, which is mm-hmm. more similar to Korean barbecue. Um, again, also delicious. <laughs> yeah, I love all of that. So, how do you keep up? There's so much. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we try to to go to a different country in Asia every summer. I like to bring the whole family, and um, and for us, it's it's been a family business for almost 50 years. Um, I still run the business every day with my in-laws, mm-hmm. um, and uh, we we joke around that like my two sons are like the the chief snack testers and toy testers. Wow! And they must be kings and princes at uh, <laughs> school. <laughs> Not really, but, <laughs> um, but They're I really think... coming in with the hottest and greatest, latest snacks. <laughs> that is to true. Trade. That is true. Yeah, That's something. Yeah. Um, but I think it is important, at least for for our um, kind of customer base, that we hit kind of all age groups and all demographics. Uh, So, um, you know, it's important that it's it's something that kids will like, um, but also something that I think um, uh, kind of older, the older generation finds authentic and not, I don't know, um, artificial tasting. Um, so uh, it's it's kind of fun because when we travel, it's like, you know, uh, a little focus group, little R&D <laughs> focus group right there. Yeah, because <laughs> you do have um, a multi-generation family. Yeah, yeah. So that's great. That's good Yeah, that's there. the same for our staff, too. We have, um, we kind of love being um, different generations. And do your customers um, put in requests for certain things? Is that also like a way to get feedback? Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, our customers have... Um, they are New Yorkers, so they are never shy to um, <laughs> express their opinions, express their opinions right. uh, and in a very nice way. Um, and yeah, like they'll, they'll often tell us about something that they discovered um, on a trip or even in another store. And um, I'm always into that because um, I, I want to uh, find whatever's new and really interesting. Um, and yeah, I find a lot of um, things just, you know, um, through Instagram or mm-hmm. um, just kind of following chef friends. 
um, you know, what they're eating, where they're going. I see. So yeah. you have all sources and you have your staff also um, yes. helping you with that. <laughs> yeah. That's great. They eat a lot. Um, <laughs> And um, in your opinion, what do you think are the biggest differences between Asian and Western grocery store snacks? I know for me personally, I've just seen, um, you know, growing up in the U.S., I've seen the, you know, Chippehoys and the Lays, and mm-hmm. they're very familiar and they um, evoke this nostalgia within me, but also with like Asian snacks, the, the nostalgia is different. It's like more tied to my identity, more tied to trying something new and yeah. being able to share that with friends yes. and show off, uh, kind of, <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> or share, right? yeah, or yeah, share. share. Yeah. So mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, I, I was, I think it's a great question. Um, cause I had never thought of that. And I think usually when I'm in uh, a Western, um, supermarket, I'm looking for something. So I'm scanning the aisles for, um, you know, the Dorito that I want or like the Lay's potato chip. And I'm not really... And you're very familiar with that taste. Yeah, I'm not really in discovery mode. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what will usually jump off the shelf is something yeah. that, yeah, is something that is um, like low fat or, you know, like um, good for you, has probiotics. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, that's something that I'm usually <laughs> like wanting to eat, mm-hmm. but I'm getting a benefit out of it. Yeah. Um, so that's, it feels a little bit different when you go down the Asian snack aisle, like... Um, you are looking, you're like, what is that? Oh my God. And you're like trying to figure out, f- figure out what it is because mm-hmm. if it's, if there's no English on it, <laughs> right. You know, you have to look at, at the least pictures. you have the icons. Yeah. You yeah. have the mascot. Mr. Potato. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I kind of love that because, um, it's similar to the experience that, um, I have in the store, um, just listening to customers because, um, even with ju- just, you know, our regular merchandise, um, people will be like, Oh my God, like I haven't seen that in so long or, um, what is that? That's so cool. You know, so I, I love to hear that. There's and always a sense of excitement. Yeah, there's a sense of excitement. And um, and I love that they're usually like sharing um, mm-hmm. with someone. And, uh, um, yeah. and sometimes even when people are by themselves, they just, they have to... Uh, talk to somebody because yeah, or they like take a photo and share on their Instagram yes, stories. Yeah. Like, guess what I found? Yeah. Yeah. So I do feel like shopping in the Asian, um, snack aisle is joyful. Like it's not transactional. It's, uh, there's like something that you're going to spend like a little bit of time there. Amazing. All right. We're going to take a really quick break and we'll be right back with more feast meets West. Yay. This episode is supported by Bon Bon, a charming neighborhood bistro in Lawrence, Kansas, serving eclectic cuisine with Midwest roots. Bon Bon is a place for friends and neighbors to come together and enjoy good food, good drinks, and good company. The heart of Bon Bon is filled with love for the community of Lawrence, Kansas, for the staff and suppliers that put food on the table, for quality local ingredients, and for fun, creative dishes. Learn more at bonbonlawrence.com. Join Heritage Radio Network on Monday, November 11th for a raucous feast to toast a decade of food radio. Our 10th anniversary Bacchanal is a rare gathering of your favorite chefs, mixologists, storytellers, thought leaders, and culinary masterminds. We'll salute the inductees of the newly minted HRN Hall of Fame, who embody our mission to further equity, sustainability, and deliciousness. Explore the beautiful Palm House and Yellow Magnolia Cafe. Taste and imbibe to your heart's content. 
and bid on once-in-a-lifetime experiences and tasty gifts for any budget at our silent auction. Tickets available now at heritageradionetwork.org slash gala. Welcome back. You're listening to Feast Meets West. Um, so, Joanne, with your soon-to-be-open fourth location in Chelsea Market's newly expanded underground level, which, like, who knew they had more space? Super yeah. cool. You are now taking Pearl River Mart further into the Asian food category. So tell us about um, Pearl River Mart Foods. Yeah, we're really excited. It will be our fourth store um, in downtown Manhattan, as you mentioned, and um, our second store in Chelsea Market. So we're going to keep a retail store on the ground level and then the um, seller level Uh, will be focused all on foods. So we'll have so much more room to have all of these interesting foods. Um, And uh, we love being part of the Chelsea Market community because they um, do such a great job at curating. Um, And um, everything in the Chelsea local, which is what they're calling the seller level, um, is really geared towards um, New Yorkers. So um, like locals who are kind of shopping for groceries, maybe looking for specialty foods um, to cook and make special meals um, out of. So um, Dixon's Dixon's is amazing. A meat market. They have like fresh cheese at Saxelby's. Um, There's fresh honey there, Zach and Zoe honey, um, black seed bagels. Um, So... Uh, Buonitalia, I can go on Manhattan Fruit Market. Um, and so we, we're so happy to be joining. So we're, um, we are offering kind of the Asian uh, smorgasbord <laughs> there. Um, and um, I think because of our background as um, curators, mm-hmm. um, we, uh, does that sound pretentious? We, we were like pickers. We like to pick yeah, things. Yeah, I mean, I always things. went to... Um, Pearl River for like my kitchen towels and my ceramics and um, things I used around the house actually but um, also for my favorite snacks and like ramen packets and it's super cool to see you guys really digging deep further into that category. Yeah. And, um, you know, a lot of people don't know that um, Pearl River has expanded and contracted over the years. So um, this store will actually be our ninth store in our history. I see. We had three smaller stores in Chinatown. And the one that I grew up with was the one on Canal Street and Broadway. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people remember that one. They had to, like, walk up the rickety stairs um, to the second floor. Yeah. Um, So that that one actually had a very sizable food section. and then also the next door, when Pearl River moved to Soho, um, also had a huge food section. So mm-hmm. in a way, it's like kind of coming back um, to our roots. And there's really no better way to share culture than food. It's often the entry point um, to any type of cultural sharing. Um, so uh, for us, we thought it made sense to do it. It makes sense to do it in Chelsea Market, which is you know the number one food hall in the nation. Um, and we're excited. So it's not a huge space, um, but I think that is actually better because it makes us us um, really decide. Mm-hmm. So you have to pick what's going to be in here. And um, yeah, who's going to be in there? Yeah. So what's we decided to make half the store kind of like a specialty food uh-huh. store. So you can buy things just like all of the other uh, merchants in the Chelsea local um, to cook um, or, you know, prepared foods or if you just want to grab and go. Um, and then the other half, we wanted to continue highlighting um, Asian Americans who are um innovating in their fields and really kind of taking traditional items and um and modernizing it 
uh, you know, in some instances, making it more healthy, um, mm -hmm. more interesting, like fusing kind of uh, Western flavors or concepts. Um, so we'll have three food stalls um, that uh, we'll be vending within our space. Um, and then we'll also have uh, baked goods, which I'm really excited about. Uh, and also bringing um, partners from around New York City, um, you know, names that folks will know. And we'll kind of roll out all of these names yeah. um, one by one. Um, but, but I'm very excited because um, a lot of our partners... Um, that we'll be opening with have been guests on your show. So oh, I've been listening excellent. to them. Okay, great. <laughs> on your show. Great alignment yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. Our very, um, we're like super excited um, to announce our first uh, food vendor, um, which is uh, a, um, uh, it is uh, a company that we've been working with um, for a while, founded by Eddie Mao. Um, it's called Mao's Bao. And they specialize in Shenzhen Bao, mm. which was actually my favorite Bao when I studied in China because it's like, it's like, um, it's like it's not as well known as the Xiaolong Bao, mm -hmm. um, but it's like pan fried on the bottom, which yeah. is like delicious. Um, and um, I was just super excited um, when we met, mm -hmm. and um, he and um, his partners um, have kind of grown. Um, just in the last year, I believe, um, and they're smorgasburg uh, veterans. They have a kiosk on the High Line, and super cool. yeah, and we're really excited to have them with us because uh, we were really trying cool. to find vendors that, um, because there is an international audience at Chelsea Market, foods that were uh, kind of universal and very global. So who doesn't love a dumpling? Mm -hmm. um, and then to find um, interesting fillings. So they absolutely have like a pork and a beef and a lamb um, but they also have an impossible yeah so, yeah so people who are uh, vegetarian um, they have um, an Oreo bow which is really interesting um, and you know a couple dessert bows so I just love that they're um, innovating yeah and we are lucky enough to have um, a couple in the studio yes. <laughs> with us today <laughs> so we're just gonna um, quickly bite into this impossible yes um, are which are adorable. They're like, just like, um, you know, bite size and delicate looking. Yeah. Yum. Mmm. Wow. I can't believe that's impossible Not meat, right? meats. Yeah. Mm -hmm. mm. That's really good. That's delicious. So, I love that. um, before, um, doing this show with you I had um, shared on social and also um, spoken to some friends that you were coming on and the reaction I got was awesome oh my everyone god. was like wow I love Pearl River oh my god that's so yeah nice. so um, clearly there's a love for the brand and it's a New York City institution since um, you know forever and we all grew up with it mm -hmm. um, do you feel like there's you know pressure to maintain the brand in a certain way because of that? Or, um, you know, has your, like, buying philosophy changed at all? Yeah, I mean, I think um, in New York City, I think it's, there's pressure to survive, Yeah. A, because mm -hmm. uh, I think it's hard to be a small business um, in the city just, you know, for a number of reasons. Um, but... I think because people have such love for the brands, um, th there is definitely uh, a pressure to um, 
kind of live up to memories and yeah. that's hard. What do it's you have to hard. keep the same and what can you iterate on? Yeah. Um, I think that is something that we've, o- that we've been um, playing around with um, mm. for the last three years since um, my in-laws and I relaunched the brand. I think it's very helpful for me that they're with me. Um, because they are the brands right. and they, you know, for, um, they're super cute. They, you know, they, um, they come to work and my mother-in-law is my office mate and, mm-hmm. um, they eat lunch together every day and they, they have, um, really spent the last 45 years getting to know their customers. And, um, you know, there is a lot in the news about retail and the future of retail with Amazon Mm -hmm. and um, and just the fact that brick and mortar stores, so many are closing. There are a lot of empty storefronts in the city. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, I think what pundits have said is that the ones that will survive are the ones who have been authentic and stayed true to themselves, who have created a community in some way. And then yeah. also the ones who have been engaging with their customers. So um, my in-laws have been doing that for 45 years. And mm. I think that's why um, there is such a fervent uh, fan base. And I think the, the thing that I love, you know, I was one of them. So mm-hmm. I grew up with the store um, since I was little. And uh, we always came to Chinatown every weekend. You Married know, to, into it. Yeah. <laughs> committed. <laughs> okay, yeah. And, um, and it's just... It's, uh, I never mind, um, talking to old customers because I always ask every single one of them what they used to buy because Mm -hmm. I want to know. Um, and I think the thing that was the hardest was that it was a sprawling 30,000 square foot space over three floors. So one of the first things I had to do was like cut, how do you cut like 50,000 products down to a smaller space. Mm-hmm. And uh, we did have, uh, you know, there were, there were some departments I think that people remembered very vividly. So there was like a Chinese medicine department with like a guy and they remembered him. And there was um, a Chinese instrument department. Um, there was, you know, a huge home goods section mm-hmm. with like six foot Buddhas. Mm-hmm. You know, six foot Buddhas are hard to sell in yeah. New York City because <laughs> like a lot of people Personally don't, don't own one. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so I think that's it, it's sometimes a little bit difficult because mm. people will remember it a certain way, and it's really hard to compete with memories. But um, they're so happy that we're still here. Yeah. And um, and in a way, you know, the store did close. Um, it closed. Um, you know, and I think my in-laws were not sure of the future. And um, it was actually at a family dinner that um, that they had never really expressed pressure um, on their kids to continue the business. Mm-hmm. They had actually really never made clear what their intentions were, I think because they were so respectful. Yeah, and um, went with the flow, it kind of seemed they like. They went with the flow. I think they were progressive parents, so mm-hmm. they never wanted to pressure their kids. And... Um, and they never even wanted wanted to mention it because they knew we all had our own careers. I see. Um, and it wasn't until they uh, kind of like opened the door that um, we, that my husband and I thought that um, we should um, keep it going, not just for the romanticism of it, but because we thought it was still a very viable store, um, and and that its time had not expired yet. And, yeah. and I think um, you know one of the things that you, you do need um, in the city in general, um, mm-hmm. and also just in retail, it's like a little bit more joy and a little bit more personality. Yes. And, um, and you know, a lot of New York City brands, like, you know, it, 
there are a lot of like big box stores um, that have come in in the last like 10, 20, 30 years. Right. So to have something that is very, very like in your face, New York, and mm -hmm. and that is what we are, and that's what our customers are, um, and the fact that like there, you know, there haven't been that many Asian American institutions that have been around since 1971. I felt like it was very important to keep it going. Um, so that uh, was really important to me. And yeah, I think I, I hope we're still, you know, surviving yeah. in New York City. And um, and I think the reaction just from our customers and from new customers, too, who didn't know us, mm -hmm. um, because I think we, we feel different from a lot of other stores um, that are in the city that are kind of like more... Um, like chains or um, right. big box stores. That's excellent. It's so great to hear your story of progression. Thanks. Um, okay, so before we wrap up the show, I just have a round of quick fire questions for you. Um, we'll keep it fun and fast. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what's the last thing you picked up from at Pearl River, Mark? <laughs> oh, the last thing I picked up at Pearl River. Um, uh, we... My staff jokes around because every Friday night, I work every Friday night in the Chelsea store, and I start roaming around because I like buy a lot. Um, and actually, a lot of our staff, um, they I joke around that they spend their paychecks uh, <laughs> like in the store too. So um, usually, if my kids have like a party um, or I got something, I usually. Um, buy stuff for them too uh, and buy as in like choose for the store like I'll choose things that I think that they'll like so that I can buy it on Friday night so um, I think I bought some blind boxes mm -hmm. um, and uh, maybe some Funko Pops we have an Asian American Funko Pop select, um, collection which I'm very proud of because <laughs> it takes a lot of <laughs> like just time and hard work to like cultivate it into an Asian American like selection so um, oh, wow. yeah <laughs> there's a lot of time put in there um, okay uh, top um, savory and sweet Asian snack. Wh which are your favorites? Ooh, um, I'll say for savory, um, my background is that I'm Chinese from the Philippines. Mm -hmm. So I love me a pork rind, a chicharron. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I can eat, I shouldn't eat chicharrones all day, but I could eat <laughs> chicharrones all day. Right. So I would say that's savory. Um, and then for sweets, I love... Um, Fettuccine gummies. Do you know what those are? Mm, no. They are like gummies, um, but kind of like a more sophisticated Sour Patch Kid, um, because they it's called fettuccine. It's Japanese, but it, it's called fettuccine because it comes in these strips. Oh, I have seen that. Yeah, small package, and they come in different flavors, but it's like sweet and um, sour and a little bit salty. Oh, okay. It's like all of them together. Yeah, that's like the Asian spin on it. I yeah. think I've just had them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, and uh, since being president at uh, Pearl River Mart, what are some perks or fun things you get to interact with in your job? Ooh, um, you know, I've always been a very good gift giver. Yeah, So I wow. really like just buying. <laughs> really push it up. Yeah, yeah. So I did, I never really liked shopping for myself because I found it kind of boring. But like buying gifts for other people, um, I've always really enjoyed. So kind of like it's almost not that I have an unlimited budget, but I get to like buy gifts for for like all these people um, and see whether they like it. Um, you know, I also have kind of. Um, 
a love for data. So like seeing what exactly um, does well of mm-hmm. what I've chosen is very gratifying to me. Yeah. Um, but also kind of like being in the stores and having friends from like every phase of life come to visit, you know, and just like drop in. Um, I love that. Um, I love people and I, and I kind of love um, that we've supported a kind of Asian American um, entrepreneurs. So that has been like so much fun. So um, rewarding. It's super rewarding. And I, I never get tired of hearing of their stories. And I think like, um, it's not really about the product for me. Um, it's the product has to be viable. It has to be super cool. Um, but it's more about the story. And I think that's what we're trying to do, which is really like helping to get these stories out. Um, for food, for example, I, I was always really surprised because um, there were a lot of food entrepreneurs who came. We had limited space for food, um, but uh, you know, I would ask, you know, what other stores is your product in? And they would say, you know, like Whole Foods or Trader Joe's. And I would, I would kind of be puzzled and think, like, well, didn't oh, you, you made you it? Made it. Yeah, you totally right. made it, right? Uh-huh. And they, they, they would say, like, no, it's really hard because. It's hard to stand out in a very large, you know, Whole Foods or Trader Joe's. Um, and I think I've always remembered that because, uh, you know, when I bring a product in, I want to support them in all ways, too. So everybody, almost everybody has like an amazing story. And um, and I think that's why we'll, we'll create digital content um, so that people can kind of share in the stories. Even if they can't be perusing our snack aisle, they can order online. Um, if they like, and they can also like kind of like feel just what it feels like to be in an Asian American um, epicenter, you know, mm-hmm. of all of these like uh, you know tangible products that you can take home. Um, and I think that that's always been very important to us, um, which is kind of uh, supporting. Uh, these designers um, and we also have an art gallery in our Tribeca store so um, you're doing so much yeah wow. yeah. yeah and the like the um, art gallery has been super rewarding um, we have our 22nd show up right now which is um, all of the um, Asian uh, not all Asian American they're all um, cartoonists of Asian descent um, from the New Yorker and, um, and they're just amazing and they're so funny and all of the work is, um, it's just like super witty and concise because they only have one frame to tell their joke or their insight. Um, and uh, yeah, we feel really lucky to be able to kind of present um, artists, um, especially emerging ones who um, otherwise would have to like pay for um, exhibition right. space. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, many of them come to us and they ask, you know, like, um, you know, how much does it cost mm-hmm. to put up a show? And I'd be like, oh, no, like, we'll actually pay you. Like, it's not a lot, but we'll, you know, we believe in paying our artists um, a small fee to offset. And um, and that's how we want to pay back kind of the creative community that has always supported us over the last five decades. Wow. Way to make um, Pearl River even more of an institution. Oh, Amazing job, thank Joanne. Thank you. <laughs> what a oh great God. idea. Um, all right. So that actually just wraps up our show. Thank you, Joanne, for sharing your stories. Thank you so much and for having snacks. me. Yes. And the snacks. <laughs> all right. And thank you, dear listeners, for tuning in. As always, we appreciate your support. And it would mean so much if you could leave us a rating or review wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back in a couple weeks, that's November 13th, with another awesome conversation from the world of Asian food. Feast Meets West is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network. 
Food Radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to find out more about our 10-year anniversary celebration happening all year long, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.